Hello and welcome to the first ever Saturday Six podcast. We are your co-hosts. My name is AJ. This is my brother Tyler. What's up, man? What's going on, man? New college football season. Let's get it kicking. Yeah, man. We uh we decided we wanted to start a podcast. Um, we are both huge college football fans. We obsess over it. That's what we spend every single Saturday in the fall doing. Um, I know a lot of people that do the same thing. So we figured. Why not just get together and talk about football like we do um, every single time we get together and, you know, see if people like listening to it, um, see if you guys enjoy it. So we'll keep doing it. Yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. We're going to talk about six matchups every week, give or take. We may add an extra in there, or if there's only five good games or so, we may um, lean one way or the other on that. But we're just going to talk about some of the most intriguing matchups each week. We uh, also have an Instagram page that you can go follow. It is at Saturday Six Pod. Please give us a follow. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to get started with you. As much as we said that it's going to be the six most intriguing matchups of the week, I was talking to you off camera before we started the show, and I was kind of telling you how there's a reason that they call it Week Zero because if this was Week Six, Week Seven, there's no way I'd be watching any of these games. Right. But they are the most intriguing matchups of Week Zero because they are the only ones. Yeah. So Week Zero, it's odd that that's the name, but uh, I guess several years ago, you know, teams started adding a week of games um, prior to the normal kickoff date, so that became Week Zero and. Last year, we had a decent matchup or two weeks zero. The year before that, I know we had Florida FSU, um, or I think it was Florida Miami, actually, um, two Florida schools mm-hmm. facing off. So sometimes you get some good ones, sometimes you get some not-so-good ones. Um, but we're just excited to talk college football. It's finally right around the corner. We can jump in, man. I um, We picked six games for this week, and like you said, a lot of them aren't great. But I'm excited to just kind of – Peel the front cover back on this college football season and just kind of get into um, some exciting things. Last year, uh, we saw the Georgia Bulldogs bring home their first national championship in 40-plus yes, years. Um, as both of us are Georgia Bulldogs fans, we uh, were sad that we stepped away for a season and kind of missed out on that. But plenty of teams that have chances this year. Um, Obviously, you have the top few teams, Alabama, Ohio State, your Georgias, your Clemsons of the world. They're always in that top three, top four. But I think after that, you could see four or five teams that could really get into the mix if they were able to win their conference games, maybe get into a conference championship, and then make a run at it later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would like to redact one thing that I said. They're not the most exciting teams in the world, but these matchups that we have are actually somewhat intriguing being – uh, the teams that are going up against each other. But, you know, going back on what you said as far as, you know, there being, you know, kind of that tier two of college football right now, you know, you have your Blue Bloods, your Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson's. But right there in the tier two, you know, you win a conference championship, you're in the college football playoff spot. It's very possible, you know, when you talk about teams like, Texas A&M, all they have to do is upset an Alabama team in the West and win their conference championship. USC will see with new coach Lincoln Riley, which is a very intriguing thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got the Oregon Ducks. You know, that conference has never been in the national championship yeah. as of the college football playoff era. However, new head coach Dan Landing, we'll see what he brings to the table. He's already, you know, coming from a championship coaching tree being under Kirby Smart uh, the past few seasons. And I believe he was 
uh, an assistant coach somewhere along the line with Nick Saban. Um, so, you know, just to name a few, there, there's tons of other Notre people. Dame, yeah. you know, new head coach, but uh, obviously tons of talent there. They're ranked in the preseason top 10. So, um, yeah, definitely a few schools that, like I said, you know, things fall right for them. They get get on a hot streak, win a few games in a row. Um, never know how it turns out. Once you get into that playoff, anything can happen. So lots to look forward to, man. We are really excited, guys. Uh, love college football. Love talking about college football. Um, and we're going to try to, you know, just have fun with it. It's a laid-back podcast. Um, we're going to bring you some stats. If that's what you're into, you like to get deep into it, or um, we'll just cover some broader things, some um, general topics if you're a more casual fan. So whatever your uh, appetite for college football is, we are here to try to satisfy that. But, yeah, let's uh, let's just go ahead and jump in. We picked six games, like we said. Um, that's our Saturday six. We are going to give our picks for each game. Um, we're actually going to bet against the spread. Um, we're going to pick against the spread, I should say. If you're not familiar with gambling or with betting on sports, we can kind of touch on that a little bit. Obviously, we're not saying that you have to go and bet on these games. These are just sort of our picks. Uh, we're not even necessarily betting on all of these. So um, just kind of fun. You know, sometimes it's easy to maybe pick who would win the game, but they're favored by 10 points. Maybe they only beat them by seven, you know, so it uh, makes it a little bit more intriguing. So uh, we'll pick six games against the spread. He'll give his pick. I'll give my pick and maybe a little bit of background or a reason why. And that's about it. We'll, we'll send out a graphic to you guys and get your take on it. And um, you can vote on uh, the matchups on our Instagram. So um, please go give us a follow and uh, we'll jump in, man. At Saturday 6 At uh, Saturday 6 Pod, please follow us on Instagram. Um, we are back, and we're excited to talk college football. Yeah, let's go ahead and jump in. Let's start with our first game. This one uh, is interesting to me, one of the more interesting games of this week's slate. I think because, number one, you have two teams that are looking to improve upon last season, and the game is in freaking Ireland. Uh, yes, you heard me right. This game is being played in Ireland. Um, the teams have been there for a few days now and are getting settled in, checking out their accommodations in the stadium. But what? A, just talk about an atmosphere like that for college football, how the game has expanded um, just beyond the United States. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like it. I'm not aware of anything like it. Ireland is a completely new setting for American football, period. You know, you have those NFL games, they go to London and I think they've played one in, you know, Mexico now, but, you know, football is actually expanding and going beyond, you know, what we've come to know. And with college football, it's really interesting. Um, so I'm excited to see it. Uh, hopefully, you know, time zones doesn't mess, up, mess us up too much and we're able to figure out how all that works and, you know, get a good time on that. But it's a really interesting game right here. So it's going to be Northwestern versus Nebraska. Yeah. yeah, so got the uh, Wildcats versus the Cornhuskers going down in Ireland. Like we said, you can catch that one 12.30 on Fox. And right now, you can find Nebraska is actually a 13-point favorite. So almost two touchdowns that they're favored to win by. Breaking in a new quarterback. Uh, he's actually a transfer from Texas, Casey Thompson. Um, so previously a Longhorn. Places Adrian Martinez that has moved on. So... Kind of a fresh start for head coach Scott Frost, who's probably on the hot seat, man. I mean, 
big expectations coming in. Uh, been there for a few years now, and things yeah. are things are warming up under Coach Frost. Right, the big paycheck too. The the interesting things with these two teams is uh, they were finished last and second to last, respectively, in their uh, division last year, which is the Big Ten West. Um, they both finished with a three and nine overall record and one and eight in their conference. Uh, they're also both on a six game losing streak, which is pretty funny. Uh, the The problem here with you, uh, I think you said it was a thirteen point favorite in yeah. Nebraska right here. Is I got a couple factors that I think are going to play into this, and which is going to make it a very low scoring game, which. You know, makes it hard for me to believe that there's any team that can, you know, go ahead by 13 points without shutting the other team out. Yeah, a little bit uh, of a slugfest coming maybe. Yeah, absolutely. So, obviously, you have a time zone, new place, new stadium, new college football season for all of these. You got a new quarterback in Nebraska for Nebraska, which, you know, as the favorite team, you know, obviously you don't have as much time to figure things out as – a quarterback that's been getting first team or second team reps on your team for the past couple of years. They've been in the system. They know the plays. So, you know, the, even the chemistry between quarterback and receivers and, you know, skill positions still has to be worked on. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, with that, uh, I'm going to pick Nebraska to win definitely, but I do not have them covering the spread on this one. 13-point spread is a little bit too high for me. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I like to take I um 13 is a big number for me. Both of these schools are kind of in the same position for me. So it's uh, you know, transfer quarterback that has come in and now they're kind of trying to um right the ship a little bit and turn things around from last season. Talked about Casey Thompson on the Nebraska side. Uh Ryan Helinski is the starting quarterback for the Wildcats. Transfer from uh, South Carolina. Yeah, big uh, so, name most people should know. Yeah, former Gamecock is now playing quarterback for the Northwestern Wildcats. I don't know. I honestly think this one is going to come down to which quarterback plays better. I could see it being a tight game. I think I'm leaning in the direction of Nebraska. I just think this could kind of be a statement win for Scott Frost. He really needs it. So if his players want their coach to stick around a little bit longer, this would be a huge win for the Cornhuskers. So I, I think I'm going to actually take them to cover that 13 points. I could see a 28 to 14 score um, and then just barely score uh, covering that spread. But, you know, if somehow he takes his foot off the gas at the end and uh, Northwestern covers this one, I won't be super surprised. But I do expect the Cornhuskers to pull that one off and uh, start season one and zero. Yeah, that's a good take. I, I mean – I can't fault you for your logic there. And not to mention, I mean, I, last year's game, Nebraska waxed Northwestern. I mean, they beat the crap out of them, drug them up and down the field. It was 56-7, to seven, something like that. So um, uh, things have been trending in the direction of Nebraska um, in this matchup in, in previous years. So. Okay. Um, so that's our first game. Uh, let us know if you agree with me. Will Nebraska maybe cover that 13 points? Do you think Tyler's right? Does Northwestern keep it a little bit closer? Are you picking Northwestern to win the game outright? Um, let us know. But um, let's jump in. Our second game that we're going to pick, this one, a little bit uh, of intrigue around this one as well, probably one of the better matchups week zero. We have Wyoming going to Illinois to play the Fighting Illini. What a creative name there. <laughs> 
This is a uh, 4 o'clock game on the Big Ten Network, so you may not be able to find it depending on um, your coverage of that one. But 10-point favorite for the Fighting Illini as Illinois um, is playing at home. Favorite to win this one by 10 points. What are your initials rea- initial reaction to this one? I think that both of these teams are kind of your middle of the conference, middle of the pack teams right here. Um, no, neither one of them stand out to me too big. You know, Wyoming hasn't been good since, you know, they've had a quarterback taken in the draft a couple years ago. Uh, would that be one Josh Allen? It would. You know, if Josh Allen was just some old quarterback, hey, no deal. All, what I'm saying, if Wyoming had Josh Allen in their back pocket right now and he was the first one off the bus, I'd be talking a little bit differently Different about story. this game. But uh, seven and six in their respective conference last year, and five and seven for uh, Illinois in the Big Ten. So, uh, really, what I think this comes down to is just the talent of your overall players. And you know, Illinois still being one of those middle of the pack, you know, Big Ten teams. That's a big difference than a middle of the pack Mountain West team, in my opinion. Sure. As far as you know, the players that you're recruiting and the recruits that you're developing uh, or even signing in the transfer portal, I think that it's a little, it's a big leap there. For that reason, I'm going to have to give Illinois a little bit of a nod here. Remind me one, one time of that spread. It's 10 right now, so a touchdown ten. and a field goal. If you think they win by more than that, then you would pick them to cover the spread if it's right. less than a touchdown right, right, and a right. field goal. Yeah, I could definitely see them uh, – covering the spread for them, which is, you know, eat all the more. If you see these Big Ten fan bases. Champagne, so, Illinois. Right. There's some of the best fan bases in the country come out of the Big Ten. Uh, Illinois is one of those programs that has a, a really good supporting fan base. So, you know, I think that that could also be a difference in the game. So I'm going to pick Illinois to pick to take the spread. I like it. Uh, so maybe uh, popping some champagne and champagne that night. Oh, I like that. Uh, yeah, I think uh, that was awful. Um, terrible freaking <laughs> joke. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I deserve it. Um, Illinois is interesting to me. Brett Bielema is the head coach, former Arkansas head coach. He has a thing for coming out and kind of making a statement uh, week one. He had a week zero game last year, um, and that was a big win for them. I don't know. This one's tough for me. I, Like you said, obviously it's easier to accumulate talent in the Big Ten. Illinois managed to retain that talent a little bit better than Wyoming did last year. Illinois uh, returning 13 total starters, Wyoming only returning eight. So a little bit of a difference there. Illinois does bring back uh, quarterback Tommy DeVito, former Syracuse quarterback, transferred to Illinois. Um, now their starter. Uh, they also have a really good running back in Chase Brown. Um, he is a stud, and I expect them to feed him early and often. Um, no, I'm feeling like 10 is a little bit high, though. For some reason, I've got uh, an inkling that Wyoming might be able to keep this closer. They were awful against the run on defense last year, 99th in the country. Um, so they've obviously got to make a huge stride there um, in order to contain Chase Brown. But I think if they can do that, that this could be kind of a low-scoring, you know, um, big heavyweight, you know, hand the ball to the running back 30-plus times matchup. So uh, with that being a 
you know, a run-heavy game means it's a shorter game because the clock's running. So uh, I think I'm going to pick Illinois to win the game. I like them to win it, but uh, maybe a touchdown game, maybe a six-point game. I like the way that you touched on the, the returning players uh, for each team because this isn't, you know, we're, we're not in week one where we're talking about returning players for, you know, a Georgia or an Alabama, you know, a big team like that where – you know, you, you lose a guy that's next five-star, next four-star up, you know. You, you know, with, with these uh, schools that, you know, are just lower in their recruiting rankings, you know. It's no knock on them. They're just lower in their recruiting rankings. Yeah. It's, it's just the fact, you know, it, it's not so much next guy up. It's who are we going to find to fill this void to make the plays that last year's starter was making. Sure. You know, and, and it's a little bit harder to find that guy. Maybe it's a little bit harder to develop that guy into – uh, game time ready prospects. So, you know, that, that could be a, a very big difference and uh, important key thing to watch for on for the game. Absolutely. So uh, Tyler's rolling with Illinois um, to not only win, but to cover that 10 points. Illinois outright. And I will take the fighting Illini to win it, but I'm actually going to pick Wyoming to cover that spread, keep it a little bit closer. So we're actually on opposite sides of the fence through two games. A little I bit of uh, competition at odds a little bit here. So we're going to actually keep up with our records throughout the year, um, see if maybe we can stay above 500, see which one of us uh, can maybe maintain the edge throughout the season and uh, just kind of see how some of these picks play out. So um, Tell you what, let's post a little something on Instagram and let's see uh, if we should – you know, either put something down on who has the be- the better record at the end of the year. Maybe we make a trophy. You don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to do that. I believe, I believe, you know, we've done these things unofficially in the past. And, you know, it, from what I – I don't remember exactly who won, but from what I remember, it's been pretty close. So, it has been pretty close you know, in the past. I, um, I, I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the way that your voice went a little bit higher as you started to lie, I think that's what – I love it. So, yeah, we'll keep up those picks and kind of see who ends up on top at the end of the season. But uh, um, So, through two games, we are on opposite sides. So let's jump into game three. Um, we're actually going to go into the UConn and Utah State game. Um, this one uh, might be some background noise maybe for you on Saturday. Not necessarily a ton of intrigue here. Guys, UConn is <laughs> absolute dog water. I mean, they're just horrible. Uh, it's a complete rebuild in uh, UConn. They're going to be actually on the road at Utah State, so that doesn't help their case here. Utah State, this number's huge, dude. It's at 27 and a half right now, so you know, just under four touchdowns. In order to pick Ohio State, or excuse me, Utah State here, I'd definitely pick Ohio State to cover that. But in order to pick Utah State, to uh, cover this spread, they've got to win by four touchdowns, man, and that's just a lot. Uh, games at four o'clock on Fox Sports One is that number too big? What are your What are your initial thoughts on? Believe it or not, I've actually seen uh, a UConn football game before. <laughs> actually, pretty interesting. Uh, back when I lived in Central Florida, I watched the UCF UConn game, and that was an eye rubber right there because it was just horrible. The yawns. Um, <laughs> Utah State is actually not a bad team whatsoever. Finishing eleven and three last year is nothing to shake a stick at whatsoever. First in your division, uh, pretty good. UConn, however, you know, 
being an independent, you only get so much say in who you're playing. You know, they play a mostly Mountain West, you know, schedule, kind of like how Notre Dame plays a mostly ACC schedule, or at least they were a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, UConn has their uh, offensive coordinator coming back for his third season, which has been making improvements. It's hard to show when you only win one game a year, but you know, if, if you know the UConns from years past, it, uh, he's actually not a bad the fit. The ghosts of past. Exactly. He's not a bad fit for the program at all. Um, but Utah State, as far as talent. It's, it's an up-and-coming program. Prestige. Absolutely. And, you know, just knowing what it takes to win, That can I feel like sometimes that can be a very underrated thing in college football is just teams that know how to win, they're used to winning, and that confidence can follow them into, you know, games afterwards. I agree wholeheartedly. I think the biggest uh, thing for them in order to kind of make that flip, like you said, is head coach Blake Anderson. Uh, He was formerly Arkansas State head coach, Mm -hmm. um, did amazing things with that program. They were one of the best programs um, at the – at the FCS level, moves to Utah State. Um, they returned seven starters just on offense. Quarterback Logan Bonner is one of those, threw for 36 touchdowns last year, only 12 interceptions. Um, and then, like you said, the ghost of UConn's past. Uh, their head coach last year, um, Randy Edstall, stepped down after the first two games. That's how bad it was. They were outscored by 60-something points in their first two games. He's like, ah, I'm hanging it up. I'm out of here. Deuces, you know. Um, so let me pose a question to you. How, how much, and I don't, not to get too far down a rabbit trail because we are trying to stick to, you know, just picking these games against the spread, but how much of it for UConn right now is uh, a, needing a culture change in the program? Uh, w- with a new head coach, you know, you, somewhat new offensive coordinator, how much of it can be turned around just by the culture change in that program and in that locker room, and how much of it is – recruiting, play calling, and, you know, on-field play. Yeah, I mean, it's just – UConn's never going to be a powerhouse. It's just not going to happen. Not really fertile recruiting grounds. Their week zero team. doesn't matter who you who you bring in there. That program's not turned around. They're, they're five years away from not playing football probably. I mean, it's just – it's an absolute travesty what's happened to that UConn program. They had some glory years back in the – 70s, 80s, whatever. I mean, it's a um, women's basketball school, but... <laughs> absolutely, yeah. If we're talking women's basketball, we're giving UConn the dub for sure. But 27 and a half, it, oh, man, that number's so high, but I'll rock with Utah State. They are a good team. UConn is not. That's as simple as I can put it for you guys. I'm actually going to pick Utah State to not only win, but win by more than 28 points. Yeah, so, I mean, not not the most exciting, you know, pick between us because we're going to end up agreeing on here. We'll both take Utah State to cover the spread, which, you know, kind of puts a damper on the little rivalry that we're going to have going, you know, throughout this podcast and throughout this college. I would disagree on every single one. That that wouldn't make any sense, right? Right. I mean, it just means that I'd be right on every single one, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) Talking a big game in podcast one, um, no. Uh, yeah, let's not spend any more time on that crap shoot of a game. Let's actually move on to a uh, crappier game. Charlotte at FAU is going to be the next one we talk about. Um, the 49ers at 
the Owls. Uh, Owls are favored by seven here. That is a seven o'clock kickoff. You can catch that on the CBS Sports Network. Um, this one's got a little bit of intrigue for me just because I looked at the total for this one, and if you're not familiar with betting, uh, basically the total number of points scored in the game between the two teams, you can bet over that, under that, um, and you know, kind of decide how many points you think scored in that game. It's a good barometer of kind of how high scoring the game is going to be, low scoring. Um, this one's set at 58.5, which is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's both teams scoring um, probably in the 20s or 30s, more than likely. So it's a huge spread, but I I think it might hit the over. Like this game is going to be an absolute shootout. So it's, you know, not necessarily a great matchup, great teams, but as far as just if you, if you like watching offense, if you like seeing touchdowns scored, which who doesn't, uh, this might be one that you throw on while you're, you know, hanging out doing something else. Right, absolutely. Uh, usually when you talk about, you know, the first week of the season, you know, defense is ahead of offense. That, that's the general saying in college football, at least. Um, but you're talking about two teams that are from the Conference USA, and they're not necessarily known for defense whatsoever. And, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of, you know, like a, uh, like a big 12 team where they're known for shootouts. So uh, picking the over is definitely a good idea. And the thing that strikes me as, you know, the biggest thing here is it's kind of a Northwestern in Nebraska. You're finishing last and then second to last in your conference. They have the exact same overall record and uh, and conference record last year. You know, they're they're kind of the same team. The only difference is FAU coming out on top here. Okay. So, you know, with that, not being a big Conference USA guy, Obviously, you know, I keep up with all of college football. Are there, are there big Conference USA guys that right. exist? Are those guys out there? Hey, if you're a big Conference USA guy, um, leave, a, leave a comment. There is a guy in Orlando, Florida, that still thinks that they won a national championship. Don't get me started on that. Give us, give us, <laughs> give us a follow if you're a big Conference USA guy. If you're a big Conference USA guy, we got to get you on the pod because <laughs> you are a unicorn, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, but with that, you know, it's – for me, I, I follow as much of college football as I can, obviously. Um, it, that's just not a conference that I really get to on Saturdays, you know. It's not the primetime games. A lot of the games are played on Fridays, actually, which, you know, throws me off even more because, you know, that's like one of the one nights that my girlfriend actually gets to talk to me, you know, yeah. during college football season. So uh, I'm going to go FAU. Um if we're talking spread here, it's uh, FAU's favored by a touchdown. I'll take that. I'll, I'll take FAU to cover the spread. I think they pull it out. Um, I just think more people are going to go to FAU. The more fertile recruiting grounds, you know, being in South Florida, Boca Raton, if you've never been, beautiful place to spend four years of college if you have to, you know, not at all. If you've got to be in college, you might as well be in Boca Raton. Better than Charlotte, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, yeah, so picking FAU to, to uh, not only win, but win by a touchdown or more. Um, I like it. Like I said, this one's going to be a shootout. It's going to be high scoring. Um, I like the over of 58 and a half. Last three have been won by FAU in this series. So a uh, little bit of a win strength there for the Owls. 38 to 9 last year uh, was the score. So hopefully Charlotte can score a little bit more, maybe hit that over as well. Um 
their defense is absolutely trash. A uh, new defensive coordinator they brought in to try to stop the bleeding a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I like the Owls as well. I think seven points is not enough. Uh, I could see this one being 45 to 32, something like that. Real high scoring. Uh, but the Owls winning by more than a touchdown, I think so too. Yep. So when we move on, we have an interesting little matchup, actually. Um, we have going out west to Nevada versus New Mexico State. What, what are your thoughts on these out the desert, man? Uh, yeah, it's going to be hot. I know that much. Uh, <laughs> Nevada <laughs> at New Mexico State, the uh, Wolfpack uh, against the Aggies here. So Wolfpack is, are actually favored by nine in this one. Um, this is a team that has been been pretty good in uh, years past. They've uh, had a quarterback, Carson Strong, that was just drafted. Um, they had a wide receiver, Romeo Dobbs, that was just drafted and is uh, making um, some strides in NFL training camp. So lost a few starters. Um, initial thoughts when you see this one. It is a late game. It's a 10 o'clock um, kickoff on ESPN2. We like the Wolfpack. We lean in Aggies. What's the thoughts here? Um, honestly, n- I'm going to have to go Nevada here. Um, little side bet here. Uh, they still got the quarterback from last chance you, don't they? Who? Uh, uh, the dude that was just a complete like shit talker the entire time. Oh, man. Uh, oh, I can't place it. Dude, if I could remember that name, that guy was – You're saying Nevada has that quarterback. Yes, he – I'm not a thousand percent sure if he can. If, if you can find it, please let me know. He he was on last chance. You he was uh, he was the guy that was always getting in trouble, got suspended from the team. You know, just all kinds of stuff. You say that as if it's an outlier for last chance. You <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can look up last chance. You Nevada quarterback or something like that. It'll come up for sure. I don't know if he's still on the team or not. He. Honestly, with the way he used to play, he's probably off the team. Um, anywho, back to, you know, actually picking six here. Um, Nevada didn't have a terrible year. You know, you're playing in the Mountain West. That's fine. Mexico State, same thing. You know, even as an independent, you're playing a mostly Mountain West conference. Uh, same thing as UConn here. Uh, and Nevada actually went – they were – Third best in the Mountain West uh, West Division with an eight and five overall record. They went five and three in the conference last year, uh, whereas New Mexico State was just terrible at two and ten. Um, I can't see them winning many games. You know, plus nine, two and ten. But I will point out, I went digging but, a little bit. No, no, no. I went digging a little bit. We're picking games against the spread. They were two and ten outright. But six, two, and one against spreads last year. So I mean, they may not win a lot of games, but they were covering a lot of spreads. They were keeping it closer than people thought they would. Right. Well, I don't know what the spreads were for last year. <laughs> you know that that's a big thing too. Twenty-seven. Were they, yeah. Were they twenty-seven and a half point underdogs? I'm not sure. They're nine point underdogs here, which is a very comfortable thing for me. And I'll take Nevada winning with nine points or more any day. Interesting. I think uh, Nevada, I like them more than I like New Mexico State, but they are losing a lot. Like I said, Strong is gone. Um, Romeo Dobbs is gone. 
their offensive line, they lost two starters. It's not a good offensive line. Um, New Mexico State is breaking in a first-year head coach in Jerry Kill, though. Uh, so, I don't know. I like Nevada to win this game, but I think I'm actually pick the Aggies to cover and keep it closer, maybe running with um, their luck last year against the spread, keeping it a little bit closer than nine, maybe a touchdown game. Uh, I'll pick the Wolfpack to win, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take New Mexico State, actually, to keep it closer than the, the Vegas insiders might think it'd be. So the quarterback I was thinking was Malik Henry. Malik Henry from Last Chance U. Yeah, we're seeing that. that? <laughs> Believe it or not, he's playing uh, semi-professional football right now somehow, some way. Um, I'm surprised he's not in prison, but, you know, hey, good for him. I hope the best – uh, for him, you made it a heck of a lot further in football than I ever did. So I'm over here trying to make a podcast, hoping somebody will listen to it. Hey, by any means necessary, right? I mean, living out his dream. So um, hats off to you, Malik Henry. There we go, Malik listen Henry. Listen to the podcast. Yeah, Malik Malik Henry. Henry. We'll get you on. Give us a follow at Saturday Six Pod, Malik Henry. Um, we'll we'll send you some merchandise. Uh, <laughs> Last game, we've made it through five. Let's go to this last one. I'm actually kind of excited about this one. (laughs) Even though the teams (laughs) participating are absolutely trash, we have the Vanderbilt Commodores, the lowly SEC team. How are they in the SEC still? I have no idea. They're going to geographic location. Yeah, we're in a good spot here. Nashville's a cool city. Yeah, keep us in it. Uh, They're going to Hawaii. Facing off against the Rainbow Warriors. I mean, if you if you got to pick a week zero game, a way to start your college football season, let's go to Hawaii, man. Let's go, let's go freaking hula hoop, man. Yeah, absolutely. These are two teams that don't get to go to a bowl game. So at least for Vanderbilt, they're in Hawaii a little bit early. Treat it like a bowl game. Go to the beach. You know, have yeah. a coconut. Yeah. Whatever. Me too. <laughs> Being a lot of have a little luau party out by the beach. That's what Vandy. My team do. just lost by twenty. <laughs> Celebrate the season before the season starts, because once yeah. it does, it's not bright for you. So, I will say this is going to be a bright game for Vandy. It's going to be a bright um, game, but it's going to be a dark game, man. They're playing in Hawaii. It's a ten thirty kickoff on the East Coast. Comes on CBS. Vandy's favored by six and a half, so if you think they win by a touchdown, maybe lay the Commodores on this one. Yeah, that's like noon in Hawaii. It won't be super dark for them. Uh, it will be for us. It'll be the one that uh, – that's the one that you fall asleep, you know, in your favorite recliner watching, you Absolutely. know, after you've watched every single other game and literally just nothing else is on. Uh and it's either that or go to bed. And I might, I might, I might watch some Sports Center highlights over this one. There you go. I'm kidding. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested in it though. Uh, like, like we said, Vandy has been the worst team in the SEC for right. years now. Uh, head coach Clark right. Lee is in his second year there, trying to kind of turn things around. And Hawaii's not even the worst team in their their respective conference. But the thing that hangs me up here, and you know what's ultimately going to make me lean towards Vandy is the the gap between conferences. What does it mean to be the worst in your conference when you're in the SEC, when you're in the Big Ten, versus the worst in your conference when you're in the Mountain West or you're in the Conference USA, you know? You know, mid-tier com- Mountain West versus last in the SEC, they still don't compare to me. And 
Obviously, this could be me being a big-time SEC homer. I'm wearing the Georgia shirt. If you're watching this on video, if you're listening to it on podcast, me and my and brother. That's a big go dogs, baby. are huge Georgia fans. So am I being a little bit of a homer here saying that Vandy is – you know, still better than Hawaii just because last place in the SEC is better than the mid here in the Mountain West. Like this looks like I have a V-neck on, and I don't want my credibility to go down if somebody's watching yeah. this on video. If you're watching this on video, AJ has huge man tits. Um, not, not, not a bad thing at all. This man is, is uh, uh, I'm jealous. We'll leave it at that, all right? But, you know, to, to get back on track, is there a discrepancy? But no, please, please stay off the... track and inflate my tits more. <laughs> Is there a discrepancy in last place in the SEC and mid-tier and one of these lower uh, non-Power 5 conferences? At really also, Hawaii, it's a, it's a full rebuild, man. They uh, they head coach from last year is fired uh, amid some allegations. He's booted. Uh, new head coach is actually former quarterback for Hawaii, uh, Tommy Chang, in his first year. But huge rebuild, man. I mean, they're, they're, they're starting over from scratch here. Right. And, you know, for that reason, I'm going to take Vanderbilt. I think they're at a, a six and a half. And you, they're less than a touchdown favorite. I got them taking the touchdown. But I'll say this. If you are a Vanderbilt fan or Vanderbilt player or you're going to that game in Hawaii and you're not a Hawaii fan, if I was playing for Vanderbilt, when they come out and they, you know, and I apologize, I'm not trying to offend anyone here, but if they do the oh, – uh, we'll, uh, we'll be right back. We're going to commercial. <laughs> I think I think I have this correct, but they call it the haka haka or something like that. Roll the commercials. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. They do this insane. It's a uh, a ceremony. The haka. Yeah. The haka. Okay. So I just added an extra haka in there. I so they like haka haka they, they, they do this ceremonial, you know, dance, and you know, there's some like words to it. That thing is mean. And if I was a Vanderbilt player, I would be shitting my pants if I saw yeah. a whole team do that. Okay. So. You know, that, that's the way I set the tone for the game. Unfortunately, it's not going to last long after kickoff. And I actually have Vandy running away with this a, just a little bit. I can see them winning by three scores or more. Not necessarily three touchdowns, but three scores or more. Interesting. The Commodore is winning by three scores or more, man. I don't know if those are yeah. – uh, I don't know if that's a sentence that I ever expected to come out of your mouth. But well, we're talking week zero here, so anything yeah. can happen. Anything happens in week zero, man. What happens in week zero does not stay in week zero. That will that will follow you around for the rest of the season. Um, yeah, worst team in the SEC, one of the worst teams in the Midwest. I think uh, Vanderbilt is not a good team, but Hawaii is worse. That's all I've got to say, honestly. Um, quarterback Mike Wright returns for the uh, Commodores. Wasn't a full-time starter last year, but kind of came on at the end there. Mobile guy, dual-threat guy, can use his legs, has a good arm. Um, I also like Vandy to win this one, cover the six and a half. I don't think it's necessarily three scores, um, probably closer to that touchdown, 10 points area. But I'm going to roll with the Commodores as well. Hey, at starting the season one, I know you're halfway to last year's market, two and ten. So uh, uh, we're, we're looking up from, from one and oh. Clark Lee, though, I, I think this is his second year uh, at, at the helm of the, the Vanderbilt program. Yep. Um, I didn't. I didn't hate it as a, a, 
a hire when they when they hired him on as you know the head coach for Vanderbilt. I think it's actually a pretty good, strong, smart hire for Vanderbilt. You know, you're working with nothing. You know, so it's hard to say this is the guy that's going to turn the entire program around because sure. I don't think there's a guy that can do that. You know, you have to have you have to get take a. There's pretty, not a man fit for the job. You have to have to take a pretty big name guy where recruits are going to go just to say that they cook, that they played under this head coach. Yeah, Nick Saban ain't, ain't answering the phone. 100%. That's the only guy. That's the only guy right now. Yeah. That's the only reason you're going to sacrifice ever, possibly never winning a game for your entire college career in order to go play at a school. So, you know, but I will say using what you have is a big thing for him. Um, and – I think he's going to be able to get the most out of his guys, get the most out of his program that he possibly can. And, I, you know, I see them winning this game. I see them probably winning one Division two matchup, you know, somewhere, you know, throughout the season and, you know, tying their record last I week. will say I saw I saw a quote from head coach uh, Clark Lee in the offseason. I'm going to butcher it, but it was something along the lines of Vanderbilt eventually is going to get to the point where they're winning a national championship. And it's like, dude, I mean, if I could just get I mean, a tiny bit of that crack that you're smoking, I would be good. I mean, yeah, sure, when uh, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban and Mario Cristobal and Ryan Day and Jimbo Fisher and literally everybody else on the entire team. Uh, only college football coaches and just wipe them out. I think he's uh, a little too excited for the new NCAA football game uh, to, to come out on the new consoles. That's probably the closest that a Vanderbilt team is ever going to get. For sure. For sure. Uh, let's. That's probably the most time that we will spend on Vanderbilt uh, for the rest let's of Let's talk about it some more. I kind of like <laughs> Vanderbilt this year. Anybody taking Vandy as a dark horse? Anybody got a dark horse uh, bet on Vandy right now? You know what? It, if if you can comment on uh, any of our Instagram posts, and if you legitimately take Vanderbilt to have a winning record this year, a winning record, actually, I'll go. If you take Vanderbilt to go five hundred, so yeah, know, let's start with six a and six overall. If you think Vanderbilt can get to a bowl game, and you comment that, I will personally make sure. That it, that we send you something from the Saturday Six Pod as a gift for picking Vanderbilt as their dark horse. I can't endorse that, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I will endorse it. <laughs> it's all out of my own pocket. If you can, if you have that much confidence, okay, in I it. and it happens. Yeah, I, th- I think my money's safe here. <laughs> Absolutely, I think. Uh, I think that's a great way to wrap it up, man. Let's end on some Vanderbilt. Hey, uh, no, I think uh, I think this is a great great place to uh, kind of cap it off here. Uh, we talked about six games that we are going to kind of have our attention on this weekend. Uh, let us know if there's any other games that you're watching this weekend. Uh, please, like I said, give us a follow on Instagram at Saturday Six Pod. Let us know how much you enjoyed the episode. Let us know if there's anything else you maybe would like to hear about on the next one. Um, we enjoyed bringing it to you and we'll be back next week. Yeah, absolutely. 
Podcasts are going to be dropped every Friday for the rest of college football season all the way through the national championship and the week after the national championship to recap that. Um, So stay tuned, turn your notifications on, and we'll see you next week.